The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on this Monday morning and giving me the chance to be part of your day. We greatly appreciate this, whether you're watching this live at 11 o'clock, whether you're listening to this in audio format or catching this later on demand. Uh, we greatly appreciate the wonderful opportunity to be part of your day. If you're following along with us, we're in the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter number 3, as we continue through Paul's teaching. As Remember, these are letters. This is the Apostle Paul writing a letter to the Church of Corinth. It's his second letter, as we see in 2 Corinthians, and he's writing this to them, giving them instruction. And uh, every once in a while, you're going to find some passages. Even if you go to other translations, you're going to say sometimes it doesn't always make sense. So especially if you're new, to Scripture, new to the, to the Word of God, new to salvation, you may look and say, I'm a little lost here and what's going to happen. So I'm going to read the verses we're going to look over and then uh, come back and kind of give us context to find out uh, what is it that Paul's referencing. And some of that will go to find out who he's talking to. In great interpretation, you have to go back to the history. Who is God? Who is Paul originally writing this to, which is the Church of Corinth, which will help us to get some understanding here. So 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7, Paul Paul says, but if the ministration of death written and engraven in stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away? How shall not the ministration of the spirit be glorious, be rather glorious, excuse me, verse nine. For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect. For by reason of that glory, that excelleth. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Now, obviously we see a, con- um, a conflict or contrast between one teaching and another, what, two different aspects, two different opposites. And at first you're like, somebody said, I'm not exactly sure what he's contrasting here. We see it actually in a bit of a flowery language in verse number seven. He says, if the ministration of death written and engraven in stones is glorious, so that the children of Israel cannot steadfastly behold the face of Moses. What, what's he referencing here? Well, obviously, if you see uh, the written engraving in stones, he's referencing the Ten Commandments. He says that they could not see the face of God. At the time when Moses was in the presence of God, God allowed him to see his back. And in doing that, Moses' face glowed. It was so, the glory was so great that his face glowed. And actually, he had to cover his face so that other people couldn't see it. So what you get in all of the context of what's being said here and what he's describing is this is the time that he's written the Ten Commandments, which he says in verse 7 is the ministration of death. Now, why would he call the law the ministration of death or the ministry of the death? Well, what, what's he talking about here? Well, it goes back to understand some of the differences here of Old and New Testament. Um, when God wrote the law, starting in Ten Commandments, gave the Old Testament, here's really what was happening. He was giving this law that he wanted them to live. And please understand, the law that's often referenced in, in the New Testament, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as they're coming back to Jesus to argue with him, most of what you see in those four books are things that God, that people, the church, the religious church had added to the law. The Old Testament didn't have a lot of those extra things. But really what was happening is God wanted the people of the Old Testament to realize there's no way they could ever earn heaven on their own. So there's a system, a law, a system of rules that just could not be followed. It's just, it was impossible because it demanded perfection. Humans are not perfect. We are not perfect. So it was impossible to follow this. 
And what it does is when you look at the law, if you just read the Ten Commandments, it's impossible to follow those ten. And if I realize that, well, the law condemns me. We are condemned by the law. We're condemned by the fact that we will never be able to perfectly follow the law. And in doing that, we're condemned. The law was really more there written to let us know that it's impossible to follow it and that we need grace. And so you say, well, how, what happened in the Old Testament, how they come to Jesus? Well, we see really the Old Testament pointed to the cross. The, entire, the center of the entire narrative of Scripture is Jesus on the cross. And the Old Testament pointed to the cross. This happened when they would sacrifice the lamb uh, and for a Atonement, they said in the Old Testament. The atonement, the word atonement means covering. I'll explain why that's different. So they would sacrifice the lamb, and the priest would do it for all of the people. This spotless lamb was sacrificed to cover the sins of Israel. Notice it didn't eliminate the sins, it covered the sins, because only Jesus could take away the sins of the world. That was a picture, all of it was a picture of one day when Jesus would be sacrificed, crucified on the cross. And the Bible says he was the spotless lamb of God that would take away the sins of the world. And that's what Jesus did. And on the cross, he used the phrase, it is finished. The Greek word tetelestai, it's complete. He had finished the law. All of the things the law demanded, perfection and, and the sacrifices were completed by Jesus on the cross when he said, it is finished. And he sacrificed, it was done. And now they looked to what we call the new covenant, the New Testament, this time of grace. That's what he's describing here. The Old Testament thinking, and as what's being described, the New Testament thinking is Paul's trying to teach. So when you have that in mind, let's walk through these verses to give us an understanding of what Paul's saying. He says, if the ministration of death, this law that was put in stone was so glorious that the children of Israel couldn't look at God, how much more glorious is this New Testament, this new age of grace? Verse 8, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? How shall not what Jesus is doing? The Old Testament didn't have the indwelling of the Spirit like we do. So if the Old Testament law, this heavy burden, was so great, and yet it was really proof that we aren't good enough, that we're condemned to hell, um, I've been freed from the law. We moved to the, to the grace. What we see is that should be even more glorious. Verse 9, for if the ministration of condemnation, the law, be glory, much more did the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. The one proved how bad it were, this imputed righteousness of Jesus, literally imputed. It's a positional thing. When I got saved, God imputed, or Jesus, I was imputing Jesus' righteousness. Let me explain what that means. I don't, I'm not righteous by any stretch of the imagination. It's a positional thing. Like when someone gets adopted, their, their name change their destiny changes, their inheritance changes, it all changes. They're imputed a name they weren't born with. When we get saved, we're, we're given righteousness. It's not our righteousness, it's righteousness of God by, through Jesus Christ. We're given that. We are called saints. We are given this uh, because we need to be righteous to get to heaven. We don't earn it. We're not righteous. We're given Jesus' righteousness because of what he did upon the cross. Uh, and so, Verse 10, for even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of that glory that excelleth. Verse 10, for if that which is done away with was glorious, the Old Testament, the law, which was done away with on the cross, much more that which remaineth is glorious, this New Testament. For if that which was done away, okay, I've already, actually I read verse 7. So let, let, me, let me look at this because when you look at interpretation, you say, okay, it makes sense. Paul's kind of breaking the distinction between Old and New Testament, the law and grace and all these different things. How do we interpret what that means? How do, how do we go with that? Well, if you ever want to interpret Scripture, one of the things you can do is to ask the normal questions, who, what, when, where, why, how, all these questions, who. One of them, who is Paul writing to? 
So Paul's writing to the church of Corinth in, in that time, in the Bible days. Jesus had passed away not that long earlier. This new church had started, and so all of these things were new. And many of those people in the day were having, especially the Judaistic church, was having a hard time with this new church that basically was ignoring all of the things that were in the Old Testament. Uh, and they're ignoring them because God says this is new. Now granted, again, a lot of those things had become man-made, man-centered, heavily heavy religious. There was almost no scripture for most of what they were forcing. But this new church, there was this battle. So there was this debate. Should we just follow the new teachings of the apostles and, 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 and the apostles of Christ, or should we bring the two together? And he's saying there's a distinction between the two. So who, what, who, what's he referring to? He's referring to this distinction between law and grace. Who, what, when, why, the time of Christ. Why and how, you can, you can each go each one of those. Why is he saying this? Because Jesus is teaching liberty. Jesus is teaching freedom from the law, uh, from the legalistic system. That we, even today, we gotta be careful not to be engulfed with the legalistic system that we can follow us. Why? Because Jesus gave us liberty. Because Jesus is liberty. Our, an, our, our answer is not found in the law. Here's the point, our answer is not found in our goodness or how good we can be. Now please understand, some people can take this, the Bible tells us, use not liberty for an occasion of the flesh. Some people can tell us, well that just means that now that I'm no longer under the law, I can live any way I want to. If we're sin abound, grace abounds more, I can live the way I want to. That's, that is actually a sinful thought. Freedom from sin, you know, freedom and grace from sin does not mean freedom to sin. Sin in itself is bondage. This is freedom from sin. Freedom in Christ to be able to move and not be controlled by my flesh, not be controlled by my guilt, not be controlled by those parts of me that shouldn't have control. I have freedom to follow the Holy Spirit. That's the freedom we have in Christ. And if you've never been saved, you understand what I'm talking about here. You think you're, you're living this life doing what you want, but you know there's a captivity. There's a bondage there. It doesn't make sense. And Satan says, hey, do this. This is great. And boy, then he beats you up. It's just Satan. He's just a constant liar. And it's overwhelming you. And he's saying, though, it's not going back to trying to be good that gives my answer. I come to God and I accept grace. And I let God's grace begin through sanctification to work in me and change me and teach me and develop me and to help me. That's what he's referencing there. And so he's giving this distinction, which is necessary in the new church, and it's even today. It's good to follow God. It's good to obey the word of God. It's good to do the things that God wants us to do. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's, it's command to do. But those are the things that makes us righteous. We do those things because of all that God has done for us and love for him. I hope, I hope you, that was an encouragement. I hope you think about all that, what that means is simple liberty. Uh, salvation is free. Jesus has already done it for it and complete. What a powerful truth that we have today, the liberty, freedom, and the freedom and, and, and the destination of heaven, all as a result of the work that Jesus has done in our lives. If you've never ex experienced that work, if you've never been saved, we'd love the opportunity to talk to you about that. You can send us an email here at the church. You can call us. Our church information is on the website, bensalembaptist.org. We'd love a chance uh, to speak to you if we can and be a help and answer any questions you might have. Thanks again for joining us on this Monday morning, uh, giving me a chance to be part of your day. We hope it's a help. We hope you stick with us and join us again tomorrow. God bless.